JC Corcoran Podcast. If I fell in love with you, would you promise to be true and help me understand? Cause I've been in love before and I found that love was more than just holding hands. If I give my heart to you, I must be sure from the very start that you would love me more than her. If I trust in you, oh please, don't run and hide if I love you too, oh please. Don't hurt my pride like her Cause I couldn't stand the pain And I would be sad if our new love was in vain So I hope you see that I would love to love you And that she When she learns we are two Cause I couldn't stand the pain And I would be sad if our new love was in vain So I hope you see that I would love to love you She learns we are two If I fell in love with you No, I'm just getting warmed up Happy to see you again Don't be nervous, don't be rocky You're a teenage guest is jockey now And let me begin by wishing you a beautiful look Did that voice inside you say I've heard it all before It's like deja vu all over again. Wednesday, March 8th, 2023. Only 22 days until opening day. How you doing, kids? You are jconthelinecom I'm trying to decide whose day has started worse, yours or mine. Yours, because you got up and saw, in some cases, accumulating sleet and snow Get up towards uh, Alton and places north of St. Louis. The rest of the places is just rain. There's one of those dark, dank, disgusting days again today. But uh, by the same token, I wasn't even out of bed yet today when I had to start dealing with bullshit. Oh, man. I'm going to write another book. I'm going to write another book. Now, yesterday afternoon... We started hearing this nonsense again about Tom Brady. Tom Brady now thinking about, well, maybe I'm not done playing. Maybe I would go play for the Miami Dolphins. And for the most part, 
that announcement was was made with eye rolling and people just going, oh, Jesus Christ. You know, even with the controversies along the way with deflate gate and the cheating, and I believe there was cheating in the New England Patriots organization. I think there was a lot of it, as a matter of fact. And, you know, the phony retirement, everything like that. He's still going to go down in history books and record books as the greatest of all time. Well, he's going to just destroy all of that equity in the Tom Brady name if he doesn't stop fucking around. And then Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers up in Green Bay, who won't get vaccinated but will spend four days in a sensory deprivation tank, emerges and says, looks like Karnak, you know, like with one of those pointy hats with half moons on it going, the New York Jets. God spoke to me, and I'm supposed to go to New York, so that's apparently who he's negotiating with. But you can never tell, because in negotiations, you could just be trying to drive up your own price with where you are currently. But I'm starting to think that Green Bay has sort of come to the conclusion of their relationship with Aaron Rodgers. We'll see. And we might as well get to all of the pro athletes and their specific scandals. Uh, Tiger Woods' latest girlfriend, and she's been around for about six years now, is taking him to court over a non-disclosure agreement. She claims he made her sign, and she's citing a law that prohibits NDAs when there's evidence of sexual assault or harassment, and that is what she is now accusing him of. Her name is Erica Herman. She filed legal documents uh, which spell her grievances out to clear I touched on this story yesterday, but there's lots of different ways to spell the same name. There there must be six or seven different ways to spell Tammy. T-A-M-M-Y. T-A-M-M-I-E. I I, I knew one uh, gal who spelled it uh, T-A-M-I. There was one I saw once. It was T-A-M-M-Y-E. So you can have multiple spellings for the name Tammy, but it's still, at the end of the day, it's still pronounced Tammy. It's the same thing with John. You can have J-O-H-N. You can have J-O-N. There was one guy who was actually in radio, and he spelled it J-H-A-N. I don't know if that was legal or, you know, like, was he actually baptized with that name? I, I don't know, but he did spell it that way. And there's probably even another way to spell John. I once dated a gal in high school who spelled her name Mary M-E-R-R-Y. That was the legal spelling. The same thing with Anne and Anna. You can get A-N-A, you can get A-N-N-A, you know what I mean, okay? So you have all these different ways to spell all these different names, but it doesn't change the pronunciation of the name. And therefore, uh, when it comes to the name Jacob, standard spelling of Jacob is J-A-C-O-B. But then you have Jacob Dillon. He has a different way of spelling it. And then you have our newest St. Louis blues player. And for whatever reason, they decided when he was born to spell his name J-A-K-U-B instead of J-A-K-O-B. But it's still pronounced Jacob, right? Right? Claire? Justin, Blues GM Doug Armstrong has announced it has acquired forward Jakub Vrana. It's Jacob. Jacob! The fuck sort of a name is Jacob. This is how bad things are. And I've had uh, similar experiences like this. You know, when I worked at Channel 4 for, how long was I there? God, I got to really think about this. How long was I there? Let's see. It was nine years. Yeah, I think it was nine years I was at Channel 4, and I used to park my car in Stadium Garage East. 
And I would walk out of Channel 4 at one Memorial Drive and have to make the uh, left-hand turn there, walk two blocks down to Stadium Garage East, and then get on the elevator, go to whatever floor, whatever. And especially in the winter, that can be a very long walk. <laughs> Boy, wind, just uh, there was nothing to stop the wind, I guess. And so you're walking along, you're all bundled up, and you got a scarf on and a hat and gloves and the whole thing. And so your identity is not really prominent. I would walk along there, and if there was a woman a couple of yards in front of me, she would start looking over her shoulder like, oh, shit, oh, shit, there's somebody following me. I always felt bad going, Jesus, remember the old days when a woman would be happy if a man was walking sort of in her proximity as she was going to her car because she would feel safe or the idea that there was a man nearby who would be able to assist her if she ran into any sort of problem. But now, the automatic assumption is, oh shit, somebody's walking behind me, they're out to get me. Where's my pepper spray? Where's my pepper spray? And a couple of times, I even said, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to my car, babe. I'm just going to my car. I'm not following you. I'm not a danger. There are women you would wait, you get on the elevator, and they would wait for the next elevator. I don't know, maybe I just look like a psycho killer or something. I don't know. In his later years, when my dad retired up into the wilds of northern Wisconsin, you know, with his vast baseball knowledge and his experience in dealing with young boys for many, many years. I mean, he was a coach or a manager from the time I was eight all the way to the time I was 18. And so he had a lot of experience and he thought to himself, well, you know, maybe I'll, you know, it's always somebody's always looking for a coach or a manager, but it was at that time when all of those accusations started flying pretty much back in the 90s when it just seemed like, you know, every week there was another story about somebody who was a Boy Scout troop leader or a Catholic priest or just somebody in a position of authority and they got busted, you know, for, you know, sexual impropriety, touching somebody the wrong way. And my dad was like, forget it. I, I, I you know, the majority of the accusations seemed to pan out, but there were quite a number of accusations that fell flat, and it was just people trying to get money out of somebody or damage somebody's reputation. So, unfortunately, a lot of honest, good people got swept up in the nonsense and were completely, completely innocent of any wrongdoing, but let's just say the ground was fertile for accusations to take hold back in those days. But my dad is thinking, Jesus, if I yelled at some kid because he wasn't hustling, you know, the, the, the federal is going to come to my house and pick me up. Forget it. This is how bad things have gotten. A senior citizen in Canada was caught trying to hand out candy to kids last week. Cops released him after it turned out he was just a nice man trying to participate in Random Acts of Kindness Day. This is how bad things have gotten. There's a story that surfaced this morning. I think she's got a book coming out. Mina Suvari. Remember the uh, movie American Beauty? Kevin Spacey. The amazing Chris Cooper. Of course, the great Annette Benning. How great was she in American Beauty? And Mina Suvari was the little blonde, the friend of Kevin Spacey's daughter, in the movie The Cheerleader and the whole thing and the uh, object of his affection. Well, in addition to her story indicating that she was raped when she was in sixth grade, that uh, apparently she got married and husband was some sort of a lighting director on movie sets and uh, he was into threesomes. And he, according to her, he would make her pick up women at bars and stuff and say, yeah, Amina Savari, the girl in the movie. Yeah, right, right. Hey, my husband and I are swingers. You want to come? And apparently they would pick up women. But 
he told her to do it. And so she was involved in all these threesomes. And this is where it gets really, really nasty here. But apparently um, she had to have surgery to repair, let's just say, a part of the body that uh, is generally regarded as an exit instead of an entry. And apparently he was using sex toys on her that was actually causing damage to that part of her body. I mean, it's a really, really gruesome story. But the only thing that seems to be going right these days is that... Even members of his own party are telling Tucker Carlson, this time you really fucked up. You probably know the story. Tucker Carlson gets a hold of 400 hours of videotape, security cameras and stuff like that from January 6th and puts together like this reel of serene innocent scenes from January 6th that show people just looking like they're on some sort of a paid tour of the Capitol that you can take when you go to Washington, D.C. Just just left out all of the hundreds and hundreds of injuries to Capitol Police officers. It was like something that would be done on Saturday Night Live. In fact, in fact, Colbert actually did that last night. They made it look like Jaws was <laughs> practically Frankie Avalon, uh, an Ed Funicello beach movie. It's hilarious. But if you thought the recent revelations, you know, when you hear in their own voices, you you hear their own voicemails, you see their own texts indicating that they know that every single thing they're saying on Fox News is bullshit. They know it. They're fighting against it behind the scenes. But then the camera light goes on and they just start spewing it. So for those of you who thought that those revelations would be just like, the well, now Fox News has got to come up with something new because they can't keep doing what they've been doing. Oh, you think so, huh? It's almost like they're doubling down. If you don't have a soul, apparently these things can be done. Especially if you have the news media. Uh, this uh, Casey Hunt. There's somebody something I like about Casey Hunt. She's on uh, MSNBC. She also uh, pops up on you know, Meet the Press and some of those you know Sunday public affairs shows. And there's, there's something nice about her. I don't know. There's just something that I like about this gal. So if you've been watching her in recent weeks and months, you might say she looks like she's gaining weight. Well, she's pregnant, or at least she was. Casey Hunt brought her daughter into the world at breakneck speed with a sudden birth on the bathroom floor of her home Wednesday morning. In an Instagram post, Hunt said she and her husband were thrilled to introduce their daughter, although she really introduced herself. She was delivered by dad on the bathroom floor after 13 minutes of labor. That's all. 13 minutes. And then the medical teams showed up and the ambulances and everything like that. Everybody's fine. There's a picture of her sitting on the floor next to the toilet holding the baby. That is <laughs> absolutely terrifying. My first daughter from my first marriage was like a 22 and a half hour labor. They were just getting ready to go in to get her, you know, to a C-section. And all of a sudden it's like, no, I think we're going to have something here. And then the second baby, two and a half years later, right out. You never know. And then there was the 37-year-old woman who was going through her husband's pictures on his iPhone and found very provocative and very naked pictures of some woman grabs some sort of sharp object and begins to stab her husband for cheating on her. Imagine her surprise when it was revealed to her that the photographs in question were actually pictures of her 
that her husband still had in his phone from when she was 30 pounds lighter, and apparently she didn't recognize <laughs> she didn't recognize herself. <laughs> and so she stabbed him. Boy, is her face red. Guess how much Chris Rock got paid for that Netflix special the other night. And you're going to hear this, and some people will not have a good reaction to it. But you have to remember, when you're starting out in comedy, you are making nothing. You usually have about seven roommates, and you're living in a dump where the hot water doesn't work. You're making like 20 bucks a night. You think I'm kidding. I'm not. Most of the time, you got to have a, another job, you know, like waiting tables or something like that. Stephen Colbert was talking about that. I think it was five years. He wait, waited tables at a restaurant in Chicago while he was, you know, sort of getting his chops, working at Second City with the improvisational stuff and everything. So that kills off a lot of relationships, too. I mean, I can't tell you the number of women who looked at me and just said, you're never going to make any money. You're, <laughs> I moved 10 times in 10 years before I even got to St. Louis. And I was broke. I was broke. Show business does not pay anything until or unless you make it big. And I don't have to tell you what very small percentage, what 2% of the overall people who attempt to get into some form of show business actually make it big. And I tried to dress this up. It's still going to be your, your back is still going to go up when you find out that Chris Rock was paid $40 million for that Netflix special the other night. I've never heard this story before, and I'm not sure that this is being accurately reported. I'm going to read it to you, but I'm going to go back and research this later and find out. It doesn't sound right. Sharon Stone says she lost custody of her son because of the movie Basic Instinct. Supposedly, a judge even asked him, quote, do you know your mother makes sex movies? End quote. She says it broke her heart. Like I said, something doesn't sound right about that. Christine Taylor is the gal, the young actress who was in The Wedding Singer. She also played Marsha Brady in the Brady Bunch movies, and she's been in some other stuff, too. She ended up marrying Ben Stiller. They separated back in 2017 after being married. God, it must have been close to 20 years. Well, it turned out that during the pandemic, they quarantined together with their two teenage daughters and had time to talk about the problems in their relationship, and now maybe they are back together again. How about that? A story where something good came out of the pandemic. Ireland Baldwin's baby shower went down over the weekend at a strip club, and Kim Basinger, Ireland's 69-year-old mother, was there. And I'm going to tell you something, you know, I have a couple of pictures of her with me because she was so much fun and so nice and posed for pictures and the whole thing and interviewing her for Batman and some other movies that she was in. And we always had a great time. And she's so beautiful, just so beautiful. She had uh, one of those facelifts. She's got that trout pout thing. And she hasn't been seen in public in years and she she is also agoraphobic. That might have something to do with it. But she showed up the other day, and and she smiled, and you could see she had that trout pout thing like uh, Meg Ryan, where you smile and only part of your face goes back, and the rest of it stays in place. What a shame that she did that to her face. This story is going to probably get uh, heavy coverage because of who's involved. And the fact that the movie was an Academy Award winner and everything. But the truth of the matter is, this is not a big story because this stuff happens all the time. When you go see a movie, you're like, oh, good. You know, an excellent casting. Everybody did a great job. There were probably 30 different actors and actresses that at one point or another that were connected to that film project who, for whatever reason, weren't chosen 
and they just went in a completely different direction. There's entire websites you can go to that will tell you about who almost got what job in what movie. I think Ronald Reagan almost got the lead in Casablanca, and the stories just go on from there. Anyhow, the story is that Julia Roberts was originally cast as the lead in Shakespeare in Love, but she quit after not finding a co-star to her liking. According to the producer, she read with several guys and, quote, found fault with all of them, end quote. Those names included Ray Fiennes, Hugh Grant, Rupert Graves, Colin Firth, Sean Bean, Jeremy Northam. Uh, Julie was dead set, by the way, on getting Daniel Day-Lewis, but obviously that never happened. It's really sort of an on story. Like I said, every, every movie has a backstory like this. Somehow... We are accepting the completely reckless and irresponsible behavior of Nick Cannon. I don't get it. I, I, I swear to God, I do not understand how this guy, who thinks he's the sexual equivalent of Johnny fucking Appleseed, is just running around impregnating all this woman. He's got like nine babies with nine different women. I guess he's got another one now who's pregnant. So now he's launching a game show to find his next baby mama. It's called Who's Having My Baby? And it's coming to E this spring. Kevin Hart is hosting. I swear I must be turning into my grandfather or something because this turns my stomach. And then this thing tonight, Farmer Wants a Wife on Fox. Jesus. Turning an entire country's brains soft. All right, late night tonight, Kerry Washington is on with Jimmy Fallon, Stephen Colbert's guide, Idris Elba, Lisa Ann Walter from Abbott Elementary on with James Corden. She was also one of the nannies in The Parent Trap with Lindsay Lohan. She's a good, good actress. Seth Meyers as comedian Nick Kroll. There's a new trailer for Paint. It's the name of the movie with Owen Wilson. It's a movie where he plays a Bob Ross-style TV painter who loses it comes out on april 7th they have not gone into detail as what uh, you know losing it means i find this uh, comment from seth rogan amusing seth rogan says he would like critics to know that bad reviews can be hurtful and even devastating so seth rogan makes a movie the critics don't like it and he's telling them please be careful what you say i mean you know we're still human beings this this you know this hurts like I said, it's a little amusing to me, given the fact that at the Critics' Choice Awards, about a month and a half ago, I've had this in the computer for weeks, and I keep forgetting to play it. When I saw his name here today, it was like, perfect. Let's go back and dig that up. Seth Meyers was one of the producers at the, what is it called? The uh, Critics' Choice Awards. Critics' Choice Awards. And this is basically, and I can say this from experience because I used to be on film junkets with them all the time. I gave that up years ago. But it's a lot of the same people still making the same stupid comments, recommending movies that are terrible, giving quotes to the newspapers and the movie studios. So you're watching a football game and all of a sudden a commercial comes on for a new movie and they start flashing critics quotes up all over the place. And they're like, well, who's that guy? Who's that girl? I never heard of any of these people. Generally speaking, it's local television critics from newspapers, TV stations, magazines, stuff like that, who... When Stop or My Mom Will Shoot 7 comes out, says, it's a rollicking good time, the comedy of the year. And the studios know who the pushovers are. Well, most of them are pushovers, but the studios know. And they're like, look, we've got a movie that's not testing well, and it's coming out next week. And can we nod, nod, wink, wink? Can we count on you? And the next thing you know, 
Earl Douchebag from Rhinelander, Wisconsin says, Stop or my mom will shoot is the rollicking, fun, good time comedy of the summer. And then Earl continues to get invited to come out to Hollywood and interview movie stars. It's a completely corrupt system. I just couldn't take it anymore. I just, you know, did it for like, I don't know, 16 years or something. And you're just like, that's it. And it wasn't like that at the beginning. It didn't get bad until the very end. But anyhow, I digress. Seth Rogen, as a presenter at the Critics' Choice Awards, and he doesn't seem to be tempering what he's saying very much. Having a fun time at the Critics' Choice Awards, aren't we all? I've never been to this. Do they always give two awards out at the same time? That was weird. Why do they do that? Are we crunched for time? Get another hour. It can't be that expensive. You know how I know that? This show airs at 4 p.m. on the CW. That cannot be pricey time slot from my understanding of how this all works. I'm not saying the CW is bad. What I will say is it is the one network to receive zero Critics' Choice nominations. You are saying it's bad. We're on your least favorite network. How did that happen? Nominate yourselves next time. You'll have one. No one will think it's weird. They'll think it's fine. If you were a normal viewer of the CW, this is a startling image to be seeing on your television right now. I might be the first Jew on the CW in history. <laughs> Soak it in. Funny as hell, but he's not exactly displaying sensitivity there, is he? Upcoming fourth season of Barry with Bill Hader is going to be its last. It premieres April 16th on HBO. Anthony Anderson returning to ABC for a legal comedy called Public Defenders. I wonder if that's going to be anything like Ally McBeal. Peter Gabriel dropped a new song called Playing for Time, and he also announced dates for his upcoming North American tour. And Jimmy Fallon working on a holiday album? I'm not sure what that means. All right, birthdays today. James Vanderbeek from Dawson's Creek, 46. Freddie Prinz Jr., married to Sarah Michelle Geller, 47. Aiden Quinn, 64. Gary Newman and his tubeway army, 65 little peggy march the reason that she is only 75 and not dead is because her big hit i will follow i will follow him was made when she was only 14 years old and mickey dolan's who's looking weirder and weirder with his little fedora and everything for the monkeys is 78 marilyn monroe won a golden globe for Best Actress in a Comedy for her performance in Some Like It Hot on this date back in 1960. The Fight of the Century, Muhammad Ali and the Undefeated Smokin' Joe Frazier. On this date, 1971, in the 15th round, Frazier knocked Ali down and won by a decision to retain his title. That title had been stripped for Ali for refusing to go into the Army. Mask with Eric Stoltz and Cher came out on this date in 19. 19- 85, I have to tell you a quick story. I just thought of this when I saw it. So the actor Matthew Modine, who's a really, really cool guy. I'm in Memphis on Mud Island doing the interviews for the movie Memphis Bell. 
So let's just get the chronology right. So Mask with Eric Stoltz comes out in 1985. And then five years later, I'm in Memphis doing the interviews for Memphis Bell. And for whatever reason, they probably because it was such a big cast, instead of just having one-on-one interviews, they had two people. In this particular case, they put Eric Stoltz in the same interview room with Matthew Modine. And I'm asking them both about the movie, and Eric Stoltz, is uh, he's wound a little tight. He also does not have the best reputation in Hollywood, but I didn't know that at the time, 1990. So Matthew Modine is sitting on the left, Eric Stoltz is sitting on the right, I'm sitting across from them, and we're talking about the movie and the whole thing about Memphis Bell. And just towards the end, I had recalled a story that Adam West had told about sometimes he and the boy wonder Robin would go out completely dressed in their Batman costumes and they would take the Batmobile out and drive up and down like Santa Monica Boulevard and stuff like that, just to sort of see people's reactions. And so Eric Stoltz, who had been five years earlier, 1985 in the movie mask, maybe it was a dumb question. I don't know. But I said to him, I said, you know, when you had that fake head on for the movie mask which was about that kid who had that horribly disfigured uh, head and face and everything i asked him i said did you ever like go out in public after you were done shooting for the day and just say let's just go get in the car and drive up and down santa monica boulevard and see what people's reaction is well this guy the color comes out of his face and he looks at me with such animosity I thought he was going to jump across the room and strangle me. He's like, what are you talking about, man? That was a real person. That was a real person that I was portraying. What you just said was sick, man. That's really sick. Matthew Modine is just sort of sitting there like looking at me like, you're on your own, buddy. (laughs) Don't get me involved in this. And I say to Eric Stoltz, well, just like, okay, I apologize for the question. I just, you know, the time was up and I just left the room and that was that. So now it's a couple of years later and Matthew Modine is in a movie that I'm doing the interviews for. And I come walking in the room. Now, this is a couple of years later, and these people are subjected to hundreds and hundreds of movie critics and reporters every year. And I never expect anybody to remember me. There's a couple of rare exceptions. Kim Basinger was one of them, as a matter of fact. We just really got along well, and she always remembered me. And there were other people like that. But in this particular case... I just come walking in. They put the microphone on me. I sit, you know, (laughs) we're getting ready to start. And Matthew Modine says, hey, have you and Eric been hanging out lately? (laughs) It just busts a gut. I don't know how he remembered me, but he did. It must have left a lasting impression. Let's put it that way. But I like Matthew Modine. I like that guy. Anyhow, yeah, mask came out on this date, 1985. And Joe DiMaggio, Mr. Coffee, died of lung cancer at the age of four, uh, 84 on this date back in 1999, 24 years ago today. So we got St. Patrick's Day coming up soon, and I guess the next gift-giving holiday is what? Easter, Mother's Day, something like that. The thrift stores are great, especially if you're there before everything's been picked over. So when is the best time to shop? Somebody looked into it. Here's what they came up with. The best days to go are Mondays and Tuesdays. All the stores are different, but it's generally true. A lot of donations come in on Saturdays and Sundays, and then they restock the floor after the weekend. So early in the week is when a lot of their new stuff goes out onto the floor. Number two, 
early in the day is even better. So Monday and Tuesday mornings are best. That way, you're the one who gets to pick through everything first. Number three, shop right after major holidays. Donations increase whenever people have extra days off, so you'll have more stuff to choose from. And number four, spring is the best time of the year to shop. Once people start their spring cleaning, donations go through the roof. Spring starts March 20th this year, so we're heading into that sweet spot right now. And what's it going to be next coming out of the state of Florida? A brain-eating amoeba has been detected in Florida, but it is Florida, so most of those amoebas probably will end up going hungry. And with that... The Jason Corcoran Podcast for Wednesday, March 8th, 2023 is in the can 22 days until opening day. Oh, this weather disgusting outside. I think it's supposed to get a little better as the day goes on today, but another rotten start. But good things are coming. We're here every weekday morning at 11 a.m. You can email me, jc at jconline.com. Facebook, the showgram with JC Corcoran. Have a great day. In the meantime, we've beaten this one to death. Have a good one. See you later. Bye. J.C. Corcoran Podcast.